verse, verse 11 through 15. You have that? Yes, sir. Okay, let's read together. Ready? Read. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in Palestine, that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth and ten thousands in our fields, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Verse 15 again says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Tonight I want to talk on the picture of happiness, the picture of happiness. Father God, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray that every person in this room and all those who even are watching online all over the world, that God, that their ears are tuned in, their hearts are ready to receive the word of God. Open our eyes that we may see wondrous things from your word, O oh God. And Lord, whatever you speak to us, we, we, we uh, have already decided that we will listen and obey every word you say, God. We will follow your word. For in your word, there's life for us. So speak now, and we gladly receive your word. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, the picture of happiness. Now, we began uh, talking about the hapless pursuit of happiness, the hapless pursuit of happiness. And we began talking on this series about happiness, about, about how everyone has uh, varying ideas, varying uh, thoughts or pictures of what would make them happier in life or what would even make them happy. We're not called to pursue happiness, right? The, the pursuit of happiness, that's not for us. We're called to pursue God, amen? We're called according to Matthew 6, 33, to, to seek first the kingdom of God, come on, and his righteousness, knowing that all these other things shall be added to us, okay? So we're called to seek God, and to seek, notice what it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Over in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. So don't seek out meat or drink. He said that's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and what else? Joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you get joy in the Holy Ghost, you can be happy all the time. Okay. So that's what we're called to pursue, not things. We're called to pursue God and to pursue his kingdom. Tonight I'll show you that it's dangerous to seek things. It's very dangerous. In fact, I want to make sure that you all, because I preach prosperity, I don't, I, don't hold that, I don't hold back on that. I know people talk about being criticized and persecuting me for preaching this, but I'm not going to stop preaching prosperity. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. It's the power of God to prosperity to everyone who believes. And so, but you have to be careful when you hear that is to not make the mistake of thinking prosperity is about things because prosperity is not about things. Prosperity is about an ability. Prosperity is having the ability to not only meet your needs, but to meet the needs of others. That's what prosperity is. The Bible says pure religion undefiled is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction. That's what real prosperity is about. It's about having enough to go way beyond just your rent and your lights and your water and your cable and your phone and your vacation. It's about being able to take care of all those around you. We're blessed and we shall be a blessing. You got it? All right. So we don't get over into things. Amen. 
we keep God first. Because God knows how to make us happy, doesn't he? And give me Psalm 126, verse 3. Psalm 126, verse 3. There's a scripture we like to quote right here. It says, the Lord has done great things for us. Come on. And we are what? Now, glad is another word for, for happy. So we can say the Lord has done great things for us and we are happy. Well, again, how do, you, how do we get happy? It's by the Lord doing great things for us. So the Lord knows how to do the great things in your life that will make you happy. The Lord knows, hallelujah, let me tell you something. Uh, we're talking about the children being over there. Let me tell you, Saturday, uh, Saturday during the day and early into the early evening, I was praying and talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, this meeting has been powerful. That camp meeting is the most, uh, well, we've, only, we've only had three, but it's, it's, it's the most powerful one of all three. And uh, probably one of the most powerful meetings I've ever been in in my whole life. And it was so powerful. And I said, God, but I don't want my children to go home without having the impact of this meeting on the inside of them. And I'm sitting there praying, even in the service, praying, asking God, God, I want a refresher for my children. Now, I want one for me, too. But I was praying. I said, God, I want my children to get a refresher. And before I knew it, Dad had called all his kids up there. <laughs> my kids got on me because I got my point. Hey, get up there. Get up there. Get up there. You know, my children already say it with the Holy Ghost, but I'm like, get up there. I prayed for this. Get up there. And they got their refresher, and the Lord made me glad. See, that, that, was, that, that was not a financial miracle. That was not a healing miracle. But that was a spiritual thing that happened for me, and the Lord knew just how to make me glad. Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, so God knows, he knows what things you need right now. Anybody need anything from the Lord? Come on, don't fool me. Anybody need anything from God? Talking about big or small, little, I mean, far out there. Anybody want something from God? It's not a need, it's just something you want from God. Come on, tell the truth. Glory to God. Some of y'all have two hands up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There, and so God knows what you need. And the Bible says if we delight ourselves in him, Psalm 37 verse 4, he will give us the desires of our hearts. Why will he do that? Because he wants us glad. He wants us happy. God is not about making you sad. Any more than you as a parent. How many parents do I have in here? None of you parents want your children sad. Not any day of the week. Glory to God. You want your children happy all the time. If your child comes home and they've had a bad, a rough day in school, what do you do? You try to figure out a way to brighten their day, don't you? Maybe y'all don't. You want to take them to go get some ice cream and, you know, some whatever. Do something because you don't want to see them sad. You want them happy all the time. Glory to God. And your father, how much more will your heavenly father, the Bible says in Matthew eleven fifteen, do give good things to those who ask him? Because he wants us happy. You understand that? All right. Glory to God. Now, no, I said Matthew eleven fifteen. That was Matthew seven eleven. I think that's what it was. Matthew seven verse eleven. Put it on the screen. Make sure I'm right. I don't want to be inaccurate. Yeah. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? All right. Now, so God will give us good things. Okay. Now, why again? So we can be happy. Everybody say to be happy. Tell your neighbor God wants you happy. Tell them again, tell them God wants you happy. Tell them get ready because God's about to make you real happy. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. It's a happy season. Matter of fact, Dad declared it's our heyday. Hey! Glory to God. It's our opportune time. It's our season. Amen? All your sad days are about to be way back in your mirror, way back there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We got to just get into this flow of God. I'm going to preach a message here probably sometime soon. The one I preached there, I hadn't preached it here. About taking the brakes off. I told y'all about it. I didn't preach it here. But we got to start moving with God, man. Okay? Because, because he's going to make you real happy. I'm talking about, you know, get, uh, get uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 on the screen, please. Some of y'all know this one. But in case somebody is brand new to the Bible, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Give me the NIV on that same verse, the NIV. Glory to God. The New, New International Version. Watch what it says here in the NIV. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So God has good plans for your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're going to like what God does for you. <laughs> oh man, the anointing is on me right now. God, you're going you're to like what God has in store for your life. <laughs> I hope you're ready to really smile and dance. He's, he's about to change, to change your dance. He's about to shift your praise. Because he knows what's going to make you really, really glad in this season. He knows what's really going to make you really, really glad in this hour. And if you just flow with him, if you be willing and obedient, all your sad days are far behind you. Are oh, you hearing me tonight? All right, so God knows how to do this here. Okay? Now, let's look at something here. Because we talked about how you, you and I, we have an enemy to our happiness. All right, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 talks about we have an adversary, the devil. We have an adversary, the who? Not the husband. Not the wife. Not the child. Not the boss. Not the government. Not the man. The devil. So the one who's working against our happiness is the devil. Well, my husband is the one getting them. Well, he may be letting the devil work through him. Or you may be letting the devil work through you in, in, in responding to what he does. <laughs> it may not be your husband at all. It might be your silly thinking. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach. I'm trying, child. I'm trying. <laughs> Glory to God. You might just be seeing it wrong. Right? It's two sides, D. But no, either way, whether it's in, in you or in him or in them, it's still the devil. He's the root of it. He's the root of it, okay? Tell the devil, get out of here. Praise the Lord. You ought to tell them right now. Tell them, get out of here. That's what your Bible says. You have an adversary. The devil who goes by as a roaring lion. Seeking who he may devour. But look at verse, verse 9. It says, resist him. Get. You ever, you ever have a dog come around your house? Do you want around your house? Get. 
cat come around, I ain't, I ain't like cats. Scat! Get on out of here, cat. Glory to God. Sometimes you got this holler devil. Go on, get out of here. Get out of here. Well, he's a cat, so you got to tell him scat. He is. He's a cat. He's a roaring lion. Glory to God. Cat, he's a condemner, an accuser, and a tempter. Right? That's what, you know, dad wrote that book about that. Amen? All right, now, so we talked about how you get there. Comparison. Remember I taught on those three things? Comparison, which leads to discontentment. These are reasons why people are unhappy. Comparison, which leads to discontentment. Competition, which leads to distress. That's a serious one, isn't it? Comparison is bad. Competition is worse. And then consumerism, which leads to debt. I don't even mean comfortable debt. I'm talking about it'll leave you some debt that's that'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll choke you. It'll make your hair fall out. Comfortable debt is one thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on, you know, I'm not trying to encourage even comfortable debt. I'm just saying, but when you get into consumerism, it won't even be comfortable debt. <laughs> Glory to God. It'll be pressure debt. And you know pressure busts a pipe. That's kind of stuff that, stuff that leads to divorce. Am I right about it? Leads to suicide. Leads to bankruptcy. Amen? So we want to make sure we say out of that. Now, there's a scripture I gave you in Ecclesiastes 6. Oh, I didn't give you this. This is a new one. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 9. Turn over there, please. New King James. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 9. Then we'll go to a different translation. I want you to see this. Because we want to avoid all three of those things. Okay, okay, Ecclesiastes 6, verse 9. It says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. Do you see that? Better is the sight or what the eyes can see than the wandering of desire or the wandering that desire causes your eyes to do. Desire will cause your eyes, because why? Because you're comparing with somebody else? You're competing with somebody else? Consumerism gets a hold of you? And now instead of being grateful and thankful for what you have already in your hand, your eyes are wandering on everything else. Has it ever happened to anybody in this room? He says this also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Okay, now that same verse in um, the International Children's Bible. Says it this way. So it is better to be happy with what you have than always wanting to be more. Always to be wanting more. I'll read it again. So it is better to be happy with what you have than always to be wanting more. That's what happens when comparison gets in there and comparison leads to contrasting. That's what happens when you start competing. And that's what happens with consumerism. It'll have you always wanting more. Gotta have more, gotta have more, gotta have more, gotta have more. Always wanting more is useless, like chasing the wind. Give me, give me the, uh, the living Bible on that. There's another translation I saw that's kind of uh, important. Is that the right verse? Verse 9. 
A bird in the hand. No, that's it. That's the right one. Because living Bible goes together. A bird in the hand. Y'all ever heard this before? Is worth two in the bush. Y'all have heard that before, right? You didn't even know that was in the Bible. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Meaning it's better to have the one bird that's already in your hand than to be chasing down trying to get the two in the bush and end up losing the two and losing the one you already have. Kind of like like the story of a dog who who had a bone in his mouth and went down to 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 the creek side and saw, looked in the creek and saw reflection, see, saw a dog in the, in, the, in, the, in the creek. But he's a dog, so he doesn't know it's him. So he's looking, he decides, rather, rather than just be satisfied with the bone in his mouth, he wants the bone in that other dog's mouth. He starts growling. And when he's growling, the other dog is doing like that too. He's a dumb dog. Not all dogs are dumb. But he's, and he decides he's going to get that other bone. And when he reaches down to get other bone out of the dog's mouth, not only does he not get that one, he loses the one that's in his mouth. You get it? A bird in a hand is worth two in the bush. Learn to be thankful and grateful for what you have rather than chasing things that you don't have. We're not called to chase things. God has designed it that if we chase him, things will chase us. Right? Right? Glory to God. That's how the word works. That's how it works, all right? Now, I want to show you this here. Let's, let's keep going to some scripture here. Glory to God. Go to the book of Luke, New Testament, Luke. And chapter 12. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Some of y'all have no clue. What is he talking about? I have no clue. Amen. Either too young, maybe too old. We have no clue what I'm talking about. You gotta be within a certain age bracket, probably know what I'm talking about. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so it's better to be happy with what you have than always to be wanting more. Always wanting more is useless like chasing the wind. Now, think about that just for a moment while you're looking for Luke. Chasing the wind. Uh, Let me go back in my Bible. Chasing the wind, wind you can't even see. Only thing you can see is what, what the wind is doing. You can only see the effects of wind. And the problem with the wind is, you don't know whether it listeth or whether it goeth, the Bible says. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. So just, just when you think you've gotten to it, it changes direction on you. So chasing things, that, that's what that consumerism looks like. Remember I told you that about consumerism, what they do out there in the marketplace is they keep dangling that carrot out in front of people. They show you this is what happiness is all about. This is what it takes to be happy. And the moment you go after that thing, they say, no, it's over here now. This is what it takes to be happy. 
And so the market keeps driving people into more and more pursuit, 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 trying to find, trying to grasp the wind. That's when you get that same scripture, Ecclesiastes 6, 9, in the New King James. Put that back on the screen, please. Ecclesiastes 6, 9. It doesn't say chasing the wind. It says grasping for the wind. Grabbing means trying to grab it. Everybody do that. You got your handful of wind, didn't you? Look at you. In the past, I got me two handfuls. Look at you. You a little ninja, aren't you? Got you. <laughs> you can't grasp the wind. We is that boy Dima just this is just back in the day. I'm just talking to you, right? I'm letting them listen in. Back in the day, back in our uh, old single days. We used to tell guys you used to be all crying over a girl. Oh man, a girl, she don't, you know, she she left me or oh man, she she messing with me. old homeboy over on the other side. We used to say, man, don't crawl over something you can't hold in your hand. I'll let y'all think about it. If you can't hold it in your hand, you can't have it ain't yours. I'll let y'all think. It's like grasping for the wind. Tony, you know what I'm talking about. All right. (laughs) It's grasping for the wind. So Chasing things because of comparison or contrasting or competing or consumerism is like grasping for the wind. You can't hold it. You can't get to it. It's going to always elude you. That's the trick of the enemy. To make this uh, pseudo happiness elude you. You understand? Pseudo happiness is elusive. Fake happiness is elusive, but God wants to give you real happiness. Real happiness is the blessing working with you making you rich with no toil. It's you not struggling and straining, trying to find something, trying to get something, trying to make something happening. It's you just simply following God, obeying his voice, doing what he says, and God just keeps adding things to your life. See, that's when we teach in prosperity. People don't, I don't teach about that prosperity. That's what I want you to do is teach you how to get on easy street. Your only labor is the labor to enter into his rest. Doing the word, doing the word, doing the word, doing the word. And you're entering into his rest. You know, you know we live in the, in the rest day? Y'all, y'all understand that? We live in the day of rest. We're in the Sabbath rest day. That's, what, that's the time we're in. We're in the time where we're not supposed to be laboring anymore. Other than to enter into his rest. Glory to God. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Find meek and lowly of heart and you will find rest unto your souls. Glory to God. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? That's what, that's what the Lord says to us. Okay? Now, are y'all in Luke something? 12? Okay, Luke 12. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't go chasing the wind. Or the waterfalls. <laughs> you know, you chase a waterfall, man. It's dangerous down in the waterfalls. <laughs> you, fought the, you know, a waterfall is water going over a cliff. 
Hello? If you don't have wings or fins, you shouldn't go chasing waterfalls. Okay, and definitely if you can't swim. And the waterfall is rough down there too. Okay, Luke 12, are you there? Okay, because I'm dealing with this issue tonight about not chasing things, about not making things your God. This is what I want to get across to us tonight because that is a fake happiness that the devil keeps offering people and most of the world keeps going right after it. But I don't want you going after that because while they're chasing that fake, God's going to be bringing you the real. Are you understanding this here? Glory to God. Okay, so Luke 12 and uh, verse 15. I want you to see this scripture, this word that Jesus gives here. Luke 12, verse 15. says, and he said, take heed and beware of what? Covetousness. Of covetousness. Okay? Of uh, all covetousness, it says here in, in this, uh, this uh, translation. Take heed and beware of all covetousness. That's, that's having... Uh, um, an unhealthy desire for something. Jesus said, he says, take heed and beware. Now, if he tells you take heed and beware, it's because it's out there. It's possible. In fact, you ever seen a sign that said beware of dog? You know why it says that? Because there's a dog, just, dog, there's a dog two inches away from you. There's a fence right there. That fence is only, it's, it's a quarter inch deep, deep. On the other side of that fence, there's a dog that if you get on the side of that fence, you're going to lose your toes. So when they say beware of dog, they're serious. So when the Lord says beware of covetousness, it's because it's a dog and it's going to bite your head off. It's dangerous. So beware of it. That word beware is a simply a, a, a word that means be aware. Be aware, be alert that it's out there. He says, now watch, watch what he says. Beware of covetousness for one's life, everybody say my life, my life. does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Do you see that? So life is not about your stuff. Oh, y'all got to hear me. Your life does not make you who you are. And if you think your life makes you who you are, then you are as shallow as a, as a kid's end of the pool. If you think you need stuff to make you, then you don't know who you are. You learn, when you learn who you are, you make the stuff. I'm laughing because I was thinking about something. We had a conversation with my son today, and uh, uh, when, he was, when he was up in uh, Frankfurt last week at the, at the conference, uh, my kids, they, they understand sowing and reaping. We taught them that. That's how you operate. And so they know how to sow finances. They know how to sow things. And so my son had this chain he had bought, this gold chain he bought, right? Now, my son bought it. You understand that? I didn't buy it. So if my son bought it, well, not only is his, but you know, you know, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have, you know, so my son bought it. So, you know, it wasn't 14K of anything, but it looked like it. 
And so he's wearing it. looks nice, man. And my son all chunked up. You know, he's, he's starting to smell himself. And so he, he's, all, he's all chunked up with his little necklace, man, gold necklace. And he, he got his swag on every day. So he walks, he walks around the conference, you know, all the kids, they just, ooh, look at that boy. And um, so he decides he wants to sew. So he takes his necklace off and he sews it into one of the other kids. He saw him make, him make it as a seed. And so I didn't know that. He didn't ask us. We, we don't, you know, it doesn't bother us. They can sow whatever they want to sow. That's how they operate. That's how we operate. And so he sold it. So uh, I think it was, must have been that Sunday afternoon. Uh, the parent of the child who, who he sold it into came to me to, uh, to show me the next. He said, uh, Pastor Jonathan. I said, what's up? Um, your son sold this necklace into so-and-so. And I said, okay. She's like, is that okay? Is that, you know? She's like, you know, because they're looking at his necklace like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm saying, sure, sure. <laughs> If he did, he gave it to him. Yeah, that's fine. He sold it. You know, he sows and reaps, and that's fine. It's blessed. Are you sure that's okay? Because it's a very nice, yeah, I know. It's nice. It's nice. You know? Hey, tell him, don't, don't take a shower. Now. Don't. And, and ask my wife, there's some spray you can spray on it that'll keep it longer. I told her, I said, you know, they're like, oh, oh, okay. See, they thought it was real gold. Now, don't get mad at when I say this. They thought it was real gold because it was on him. It's like some of y'all thought these was real diamonds because they on me. I would tell folks, anybody ever robbed me and took this? I just, no, you, no. I can get another one tomorrow. I go as soon as TJ Maxx opens, I go get another one right there. But see, because it's on me, you think. Because see, the stuff doesn't make me, I make the stuff. Because I ain't gonna, don't be mad, I carry myself like a king. I carry myself like royalty. I carry myself like wealth. So people assume that everything must be, but it's not. See, but you have to learn life does not consist in the abundance of things. Things don't make you. You make things. Now, once you realize that, then you are never enticed by things. You never allow things to get you all, all out of your head. You never allow just because God gives uh, Devin a brand new car. It don't mess you up. Oh my God, God, Devin got a brand new car. It don't mess me up. I go praise the Lord. The humble hear thereof and we are glad. Praise God. Draw that thing, brother. And it don't matter, never mind how you got it. Free, debt free, finance, it don't make me a difference how you got it. It ain't none of my business. I'm just praise the Lord. I'm not moved by it because I don't need another thing to make me who I am. 
That car is blessed to be in your driveway. Y'all missed that. That car is blessed to be in your driveway. You're the one blessed, not the car. Don't let anybody say, oh, they blessed because they got a car. No, they got a car because they're blessed. Oh, y'all missed what I'm saying to you. You ain't blessed because you get a new house. You got a new house because you're blessed. You're already blessed. Say it, I'm already blessed. Say it again, I'm already blessed. Things don't tell me I'm blessed. Things don't tell me I'm somebody. Things don't tell me I'm a child of God. If I don't have things, that doesn't mean I don't have life. My life doesn't consist in abundance of things. You've heard it, you've heard this your whole life. You have never gone to a funeral and on your way to the graveyard and seen a U-Haul truck hooked up to a, to a hearse. You've never seen it. Because you came here empty? You're going to leave here empty. All the things you have acquired. Somebody else is going to wear that thing. Somebody else is going to drive it. Somebody else is going to have it. Somebody else is going to eat it. Somebody else is going to live in it. Then you got some old foolish jokers who ain't leaving nothing for nobody when I leave here. I ain't buying no insurance. I ain't going to have no money. Left. I'm going to spend all my money because I ain't leaving nothing for nobody. You an idiot. Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So at least two generations after you ought to have something when you leave here. Is that right? But what if I didn't have anything? Doesn't make, I'm still blessed. Pastor, you saying we should have anything? No, 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 no. I am not telling you that you're not going to have things. But I'm going to tell you that whether you have a lot of things or none of things doesn't change the fact you are blessed. And it should not be a determining factor in your, in your, your life. Now, here's what's going to happen. The more things that God gives you, the happier you're going to be. Mm, some religious folk ain't going to like that. I don't mind. I'm going to be happy. I can't be happy. Yes, yes. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Go back to Psalm 126 while we, while we preaching on it, since y'all brought it up. Psalm 126, verse 1. Verse 1. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, when he turned our fortunes, what that means, when he restored our fortunes, we were like those who dream. Other words, when God turned things around, it made us really, really happy. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on this side. When God turned things around, it made us really, really happy. That's why I'm telling you, God's about to make you really, really happy because he's in the season where he's turning everything around in your life. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, you ought to start praising and shouting God to God right now. Because I'm expecting God to turn things around. It won't be long now. It's about to happen very, very soon. Now sit back down real quick. 
when it happened, you might as well shout one time, Lord. Hallelujah. I can feel that thing, man. Something got activated last week. I don't care if you weren't there. I brought it back with me. Something got activated last week. This whole thing about to shift into another gear. Glory to God. You're about to expand to the left and to the right. Hallelujah. You're about to increase on every side in the name of Jesus. And you're going to be real happy about it. He said we were like those who dream. You, you ever had a real good dream and got mad when somebody woke you up? You ain't going to wake up from this dream right here. This dream that God's bringing you into is going gonna, is gonna to last till Jesus comes. Yeah. <laughs> so he said we were like those who dream. Keep going, verse 2. Then our mouth. Things won't make it happy. Yes, they will. When God blesses you, you will be happy. Your mouth is about to be filled with laughter. Apostle Durban gave, gave the prophetic word about the Isaacs being born. Hallelujah. About God making you laugh because you got a manifestation on that dream. A manifestation on that prophetic word. A manifestation on that seed you sow. And we're in the hundredfold season now. So our mouth was filled with laughter. Oh, I heard that, Lord. You're going to get healed, too. Because the Bible says laughter does the heart good like medicine. So he's going to bless yourself so to you. <laughs> and your whole body going to be healed from the crown of your head. To the soles of your feet, you're gonna be healed and healthy and strong. Woo. I dare you to high five three people and tell them I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. You might have to get about your seat and tell somebody, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. I feel it. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Things are changing. Things are shifting. Something's happening in this atmosphere. Something's happening on the earth. Things are shifting. Things are moving. Things are turning around. God is moving. God is expanding. God is increasing. And ain't no stopping us now. Ain't no stopping us now. Ain't no stopping us now. was filled with laughter and I tongue with singing. This is, 
God making us happy. And, and Luana, watch this. And this ain't going to be no secret miracles. Jaquetta, you ready? This ain't going to be no secret manifestation. You have prayed in secret. But he's going to reward you openly. You have sown in secret. He's going to reward you openly. You have fasted in secret. But he's going to reward you openly. He said, man, everybody's going to see it. Say, the Lord has done great things for them. You're about to be on display for the kingdom of God. You're about to make the word of God attractive all over this world. Because they've been talking about you. Dogging you out. Persecuting you. Blaspheming you. Putting you down. Ostracizing you. But when they see the handiwork of God in your life. They're going to say oh my God. The Lord has done great things. For them. And be, be get ready now. We ain't going to be like, no, no, no. no. We ain't going to be humble about it like, you know. Well, no, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, we're going to do verse 3. We're going to say, yeah. You're right. You're exactly right. You ain't even much lying. The Lord has done. I couldn't afford this car. The Lord has done. I couldn't afford this house. The Lord has done. I couldn't afford to live how I live. God has done. I couldn't put my marriage back together. The Lord. I couldn't have brought my child back home. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. I'm talking about you going from sad to happy. It's in the book. How I know. Keep going. Look at verse 4. Verse 4. Bring back our captivity, O oh Lord. Bring it back. That means, Lord, turn things around. Now we're saying, Lord, turn things around. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord, turn it around. Anybody need a big turnaround in your life in any area of your life? I dare you to holler one good time. Lord, turn things around. Matter of fact, in Psalm 118, they were so bold. Psalm 118, I believe, is in verse 25. You see, when you got a real problem now, you don't want God to turn it around one day. You don't want God to turn it around someday. You want God to turn it around today. So you say, Lord, send prosperity. Send now. I need it now. I need it now. I've already sold my seed. I've already prayed my prayer. I've already fasted my fast. I've already confessed my word. Sin now. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Sin now, prosperity. See, some of y'all, you're still putting your faith off for one day. I told you we shifted. I just told you you missed it. You missed what I told you. Something happened in Frankfurt. We brought it back home. We ain't leaving y'all out. If you weren't there, you went in my pocket. You were there in my heart. And everything I received, I brought back home for you. 
So we shifted, Elder Baker. It's a new season. It's a season now of the hundredfold. That means everything you've done, everything you've sown, everything you've given, you ain't gonna get no tenfold, no thirtyfold, no sixtyfold. You gonna get a hundredfold return on everything you've sown. Sit now, prosper. I go, go back, go back to Psalm one twenty six. Go back to Psalm one twenty six. Now verse 5. Now watch this. Those who sow in tears. See, you started out. Paulette, you start out. Remember we talked last week? You start out in tears. I got my seed, Lord. I'm just believing you, Lord. Lord, this precious is all I have, but Lord, I'm believing you. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm sown in my tears, Lord. This is so painful, Lord, what I'm dealing with, but God. I'm believing you, God, for healing my body. Here's my, here's my seed, faith working. Oh, I present this to you, God. I'm sown in tears, but when reaping time comes, tears, but you're going to reap in joy. You're going to have gladness all over you. Verse 6. He who continually goes forth bearing seed for sowing shall, shall, shall doubtless come again with bringing his sheaves. You notice how he keeps turning sorrow into rejoicing? That's all he does. He turns our mourning into dancing. Turns our sorrow into joy. Some of y'all, you ain't giggled, you ain't giggled in 10 years. You're about to start giggling. You know what I mean, giggling? Giggling ain't better laugh. It's just <laughs> like, like a little child again. You're just gonna start giggling. Every time you turn around, God's gonna be blessing you. And every time you look around, there's be this and that. Oh God, I forgot about that. God, I forgot I prayed about that 15 years ago. Oh, there it is. God, I forgot. I sold that seed 12 years ago. Look there. <laughs> Giggling is, is contagious too, ain't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 If the devil's telling you right now that ain't gonna happen, you ought to start just ha ha right in his face right now. And laugh right in his face right now. Shut up, old dumb devil. My man of God said things have shifted. My man of God said things have changed. And the word of God said, if I believe in God, I, I'll be established. And if I believe his prophets, I shall prosper. I believe my God and I believe my man of God. My blessing is on the way. My miracles on the way. My manifestations on the way. My turnaround's on the way. My oh my God. My 
Happy day. <laughs> you don't know what a happy day looks like. Boy, you about to see a beat up. All right, let me let me try to give you a little more here. Luke 12, 15, are y'all still there? You ready, Christopher? Christopher, you better run, boy, run, boy, run! Partake thereof. Because it will happen as the Lord has said. Ha 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 
Karabasa.
see you some other side of the stage here. You got to see you some other side of the stage here. I'm coming out. 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 Barry, you remember a nine dollar paycheck? Great things. Man, how that happened? I don't even know, man. I don't even know. The Lord has done it. The Lord has done it. The Lord has done it. to get help paying your rent.
culture scared to carry luggage with you. You're going to look back and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. You're going to laugh yourself having to go. You go to a restaurant and used to get all that ketchup. You used to get all that ketchup. Chinese food bowl is called a Tupperware. There ain't no Tupperware that Chinese food bowl. But a day is coming. You're going to be eating on fine china, on a fine dining set, in a fine home. And I'm talking about before Jesus comes. I said before Jesus comes. I said before he cracks that sky, you're going to walk into your most glorious moment you've ever had in your life far beyond your wildest dreams and then once he comes, it's going to really get off the chain. That's it. That's it. I dare 16 people to get up and just run in place, just run in place for me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't really try to explain tonight to anybody. Because you're going to sound stupid. Ain't going ain't gonna to lie because y'all look stupid just now. Y'all look stupid. Y'all look really stupid. But I understand. But I look stupid right along with y'all. But when folk think you crazy, know what Paul said. If any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. If they are ignorant about how God works and how God moves, 